Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Podcast uh, today we have a special co-host. We got uh, Woody, howdy, <laughs> and we have another uh, very talented spear fisherman diver. Uh, we got Chris Oak. How's it going? <laughs> so uh, this is another kind of new thing for uh, the podcast. We're trying to do all types of fishing. We try to keep it real open and get different guests on. And this is the second guest. Spear fisherman, you know, we had on. Is that, am I saying it right? Spear yeah. fisherman? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Would you call it that? Where do you guys call each other? They call them spiros sometimes, spear fishermen. All right. Whatever yeah. you want to call I don't want to sound them. like a dork. <laughs> Where's my fishing rod? <laughs> I got yelled at by Chris for that already. <laughs> Give me my fishing pole. <laughs> um, but uh, so let's talk to uh, Chris. Let's, let's hear how you started this whole thing. So I, I actually have kind of a similar background to you. I started out freshwater fishing. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, I worked at a tackle shop called uh, Arts Fishing Tackle back in the 80s. I probably worked there, I was trying to think of it, maybe about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I fished everything from freshwater all the way through saltwater, tuna, um, nothing like marlin or anything like that. And then I guess about 12 years ago, I started spearfishing. And the first, the first time I went, we were down in Bay of LA with my boss, and he had a three-prong. A three-prong is a uh, pole spear. And there was mullet that swims right in the front. So we were shooting mullet and then, uh, it didn't really kick in then. I I mean, I liked it. It was fun. But then later on when I started working, I'm a marine biologist and I work at a public aquarium. Which one do you work at? I work at Cabrillo Marine Aquarium down in San Pedro. Oh, we've got, I've taken my kids there. That's so awesome. Yeah. Anytime I'm there almost every other weekend too. So it was great. We were there, uh, me and Seth, one of the guests, uh, TFG was there. And we watched the boat turn around and leave. <laughs> and it's a new guy, a new DFG guy, yeah. young kid. Uh, I ran uh, in, I ran into a newer guy. I think the last time I came in. Yeah, he he was real nice, and he's like, "Oh, you guys catch? Let me see your license. Check the wells. Cool. No no issues." But he's looking and he's hiding. And he's like, "Watch this." And we see this boat coming up, and you see the guy popping his head up and go Boop, and turn around. He's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna wait him out." <laughs> <laughs> Gotta come home sometimes. Yeah. Funny, dude. But that that's just a really cool. Uh, you know, thing that you got into, man. Yeah. Profession. Um, my buddy who also works at the aquarium, he had a small boat, kind of like Woody's, maybe a little smaller. It was a 13 foot Boston Wheeler Super Sport. Uh-huh. And uh, his name is Mako. And he took me out. And I remember the first time we went to the break wall and I had a real small spear gun, like a JBL. Uh, 22 and i was just blasting perch i was so happy i was just shooting perch i'm like oh, i'm gonna make yeah. perch tacos and then i kind of got the bug there a little bit and then he took me one other time 
And we're, he took me to this reef in Palos Verdes and it wasn't even that deep. It's like 20 feet, but that was pretty much all I could dive at the time. <laughs> and I shot like a handful of sheephead and kelp bass. And after that I was hooked. Yeah. I read everything I could possibly read, uh, read online. I read magazines, I asked questions and it just blew up. I, I spent a ton on gear because I was buying pretty much every kind of gun that, you know, that I came across that I thought might work out for me. So <laughs> there was a lot of learning to be done. <laughs> and it's cool. So how old are you right now? I'm uh, 50. So it, it's cool to see dudes learn something new when they're older. Yeah. So I think that that's really cool to me because like I'm, I started fishing when I was 30, 29. Oh, wow. So it was like, it's cool to see dudes. You got into spearfishing, you're what, 38, 36? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. You know, when you're older, it doesn't mean you can't, anyone can do it. You know? Sure. Uh, can you hold your breath for a long time? Uh, I can do like when I'm, when I was fooling around, I did a five minute static oh one time, but gosh. that static, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, that's a big deal. Static doesn't mean anything. You're just sitting there. It's not like when you're diving. So when we're you're not moving, you're not right. Moving. Your, your legs and arms burn up a tremendous amount of oxygen. So when I'm hunting, normally my breath hold is about, about a minute to about a minute and a half. Okay. Is there a way you can, uh, work to, to make your lungs bigger? Um, you could do breathing exercises and things like that, but the best thing, I mean, really, it's just working in the water really? because there's so much that goes into spearfishing that, you know, you might have a five minute breath hold, but when you shoot a fish and you have to go and retrieve it and it's down deep, your, your adrenaline's <laughs> pumping, you got to rest up. It, it could be really dangerous. Like I heard Woody's podcast and he was talking about it and it, it is, it is kind of a dangerous thing if you don't really, you know, if you're not cautious about yeah. it. So you just have to work your way up to it. Amazing. So now you do strictly only spearfish or will you go sometimes on the boat or? Yeah. Um, I still do a little bit of rod and reel fishing, but not like I used to. I used to wrap all my own sticks and oh, I, have, cool. I have all kinds of jig sticks and everything that yeah. I put together. And since I started spearfishing, I just like being in the water. It just, I miss it when I'm not in it. Like I, you know, when wintertime, these storms are coming through and it's killing me. Um, I'm used to being <laughs> in the water like once a week or more. Yeah. I, I even dive during my lunch at work sometimes. So not being in there is really hard for me. It's Definitely. just a different thing. Like when you're on, you're fishing, you guys are on the surface and you're skipping jigs or whatever. And you see a little bit of life. You see calicles crashing some birds working and things like that. When you're under the water, it is totally different. You see schools of fish. Um, I mean, just everything, everything that's happening underwater is just so much different than what you were going to see on the top. You feel a lot more connected. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Really cool. So let's talk about, uh, <clears throat> some of the gear you like to use, like, uh, like what's your basic go-to, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of depends on what we're hunting. I know you guys covered lobsters when Woody was here last mm -hmm. time. Um, and I do. Woody made me a bug bag. And it, it, the mutiny bags, like he said, they're really well built. They mm -hmm. work out well. I mean, They work okay, huh? Yeah. They're good enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> that guy, Woody's a kook. <laughs> I haven't torn it yet, Woody. So they're still holding up. And I put a lot of bugs through there. I'm just hoping people lose them because they won't break. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bummer about them building something too good. Yeah. Um, but for other kinds of stuff, it depends on what I'm hunting in Southern California. We're spoiled because there's something going around all year long during the winter time. You could dive for, um, bugs. You could mm -hmm. also dive for halibut or even kelp bass and things like that. Springtime comes, I switch to white sea bass. So when I'm white sea bass hunting, my go-to gun is, um, most of my guns are custom and they're built out of a uh, teak normally. Okay. And do you I, build them yourself too? Oh, I sure wish I had those kind of skills. That's one really? of my goals is later on to build my own, um, gun. The one that I use for sea bass, 
was made by a guy named Gil Gakula. And he unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Great guy. Mm -hmm. But he built me a 59 inch custom gun. And then uh, I use that for most of my sea bass hunting. Okay. The gun is rigged in what we call breakaway. There's two two ways to go when you're um, using a spear gun. You're either going to have a reel uh, similar to, it kind of looks like a fly fishing reel, I guess I would say more than anything. Or you could use a float line. A float line um, connects to your spear and it breaks away basically. So when you shoot it, the spear goes out and you're disconnected from the gun. So you have to remember to hold the gun. Otherwise you could lose the gun. Wow. And I use uh, different kinds of float lines. Most of my float lines are built by uh, dark waters. This guy named Matt from red triangle builds them kind of custom mm-hmm. and they're, they're carried at all the stores. Like Maury has them at his shop. Uh, I think um, spare America has them pretty much everybody carries them. Cool. Cool. And what's your uh, favorite to actually go for? Is it white sea bass? Is that your thing? Uh, it's kind of a tie. I, well, I really shouldn't say a tie. I like big fish. <laughs> so I love hunting sea bass for sea bass season right now. It, it hasn't really kicked off yet. There's, there's probably a few stragglers coming in, but when it goes, um, wide open, it's a lot of fun. You're not going to see a ton of fish like you would see tuna or something like yeah. that. So it's kind of rewarding. I always say it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Um, but I love shooting sea bass cause it's amazing to see, a, you know, these fish now that, um, they're coming back, you know, in the old days, if you got like a 25 or 30 pounder, it was a big fish. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, we see 60 and 70 pounders come through. My wow. biggest fish was 72, but, uh, last year I, I think I shot two that were in the 60 pound range. Wow. Too. That's great. And it's, it's crazy to see those big fish in, in shallow areas. Sometimes like they'll be in 25 feet of water hanging with the kelp bass. You have um, a boat too you take out? I do. Um, a few years ago, which was probably one of the, the best and worst things in my life because uh, you spend so much money because, fixing it when it's down. Yeah, I think we're all in the same yeah. boat, literally. <laughs> I, I started out with a, a 17-foot Boston Weller Montauk, uh-huh. and then I sold it because that's a great boat, super fuel efficient, but it, it just rode so hard when there was <laughs> swell and I was getting beat up. Yeah. So then I bought a 19-foot Boston Weller Outrage, which I loved. That hull was perfect. I used to take that all the way to San Clemente Island. Wow. And fish What's it that, engine? that one had a Honda 134 stroke oh, that's on it. Nice, dude. It's balanced out pretty nice. Yeah. I would get about three miles per gallon, but the problem was, in order to make it like worth it to go out, I would have to have two other guys on the boat. And I fish or I dive a lot during the week, mm-hmm. weekdays, and it was hard to round people up. So it was hard to take that boat out. And then I ended up selling it, and then I bought a uh, 15 foot, or I'm sorry, 16 foot radon craft uh, Bahia. Okay. which I love it. It's got the radon hole, a radon hole rather. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's got fish holds built in. Um, it's sick. It's, man. Yeah, it's got <laughs> radons, man. Every time I roll up to the, the boat dock, guys are always asking me, is that a radon? I'm like, well, it was designed by his dad. It's a radon craft, but it's got the same hole design. Oh, do you want to sell it? No, my kid's probably going to get this boat. Is this a real radon? Now, Chris, to get to know? You got that boat made. It was made here in California. Didn't you get that in the East Coast? Yeah, it's, it's a crazy weird story. story. So yeah, when I was yeah. hunting for boats, I did a lot of research on what I wanted to get. I looked at ribs. I looked at catamarans. And I started researching mainly you know, 16-foot boats that could get me across um, Catalina or San Clemente Island. Uh-huh. And when I was reading up, I came across, there was a guy on Bloody Decks that was selling a uh, 16-foot Radencraft, same kind of boat. And I almost bought it, but it had a two-stroke. And when mm-hmm. I was doing my research, this one in Florida popped up. And that one had a four-stroke Yamaha. So I contacted the guy, and he goes, yeah, I still have it. Um, so I bought it from him, and I had it shipped back here. So How they were made. How that, dude? The shipping wasn't bad. I, th- I want to say the shipping was like 2500 or something okay. like that. Yeah, not too bad. 
And uh, the boat was made here. Some guy in Florida bought it. And then this guy bought it from another guy in Florida. And then it ended up coming back to California. But it, cool, it is man. a great boat. I get like five miles per gallon on it. I have a hot water shower built in so I could shower oh. off when we're, when we're diving. The boat oh, is, the boat is yeah. dialed in. It's a caddy. Seabass divers do that. Seabass yeah. divers need that hot water. It's yeah. cold. Yeah. It's I cold bet, out man. there. Yeah. Definitely. So oh, what, yeah. what about some other uh, fish you like to go after, big fish? Um, during the summertime, I like to hunt yellowtail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yellowtail are a little bit less challenging to find than sea bass. Sea bass, you get, you're kind of just weaving through the kelp, and you have to be super quiet. Because like if a bubble comes out of your mass, they'll spook. <laughs> if, you, if your fins click together, they spook. They're just, Dude. I mean, that's one of the things that kind of keeps them um, around where they're hard to get. Yeah. So you have to be super stealthy. Whereas yellowtail, you could make a lot of noise and they don't seem to matter. And they come in big schools. Like yeah. in Catalina, I'll see schools of hundreds wow. roll through. And uh, they're another one of my favorite fish to hunt. I'll put a shot into them. I usually fight them on a float line just because I like to put a lot of pressure on my fish. Um, other than that, Bluefin tuna started showing up, as you know, the last few years. And the last three years, I think we've been getting into them. So the first year I lucked out and I shot one that was about 220. Second year, I got one about 120. How and do you fight fight them in the water? How, how does that work? So that one, you always, or I should say, you should be using a breakaway system with a, a bungee mm-hmm. because the fish puts on so much pressure. It's just incredible. So I use a, uh, uh, a 50 to 100 foot all bungee. And then uh, you run a series of floats. Usually your total rig is going to be somewhere like 100 feet long. And mm-hmm. you're going to be using two floats. One smaller one up front, kind of like a bluegill bobber, you can kind of think of it, just to tire them out. And one big one in the back. So I use the big gannet uh, blue water float in the back. My front one is a smaller, uh, kind of like a Rob Allen style. It's basically, I made it myself. It's made out of two lobster buoys mm-hmm. that are hooked together and then have a piece of pipe running through it. So the idea is you shoot the fish. Uh, disconnects from your your gun and then the fish pulls that first buoy down now if i gave you that small buoy to swim down in your pool you wouldn't be able to get maybe two or three feet and then it's going to try to pull you back Mm -hmm. up when i shot my first tuna i was just blown away because i shot it it took that first buoy down like like nothing like it was like nothing it just went down and then even the the gannet the gannet buoy is designed to slow them down too but when that buoy went, I didn't know if it was going to come back up because it went, it took the first buoy down. Then it took the gannet down about 30 feet or so. And I was like, well, there goes about $400 a year. Oh, man. And then luckily, very, very slowly, it just started to drift back up. And then it came Those to the surface, which is tough. That's man. how they're built. They're built to, to, to withstand that kind of force. And, and Dude, that's it's a lot not of made. force, man. I mean, you could tie it onto your boat, but you're going to break them off. It's going to tear through. So these floats are all designed to put pressure on the fish. Um, very slowly and tie, tire them out. So the buoy comes up, it has clips on it, uh, tuna clips, and you just start working the fish up inch by inch. Man. And when it gets up to the surface, or not the surface, but up to your shooting line, which is uh, 20 or 30 feet, you dive down with your second gun and put a kill shot into it. And that's exactly how we did it. But I was probably on that fish for, I don't know, a half hour. It, it was amazing. The power of that fish was unbelievable. Like I tell people this story, when, it, when I put the shot in it, it took the buoys, and when the buoy came back up, the gannet has a, a handle in the back. So I was holding on to it, getting ready to work the fish up, and I couldn't. It, the fish was so strong. It just towed me like nothing. And I was like, <laughs> how long is this going to go on? I mean, it took a long time to tire that fish out. And you were with a couple guys when you were doing that? Uh, one other guy. Uh-huh. And that was a crazy story, too, because I was on my boat 
So 16 foot boat and I was down, uh, kind of like almost to the border. So I was, I was a good 40, 50 miles oh, out Wow! and, uh, probably the smallest boat in the fleet. Like when I was cruising <laughs> out there, you see a lot of bigger boats. Dude, you're like, like, what is something. this dude? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I took his bathtub out here. <laughs> yeah. That's what, it, that's what it looks like. And, and, then, and then to bring, bring that fish back in, we had to get it on the deck of the boat and drag it to the bow. And, the and you, you could see, I had another guy with me, yeah. my buddy, Jeff Barr. Um, and he helped me put it in the boat. And it was one of those one, two, three pull things to get it on. And it took all of our might to get it over the side, Done drag after, it to huh? the front. But you could see it. My boat's so small. You could see the head sticking out of one side and the tail sticking out of the <laughs> oh other side. Oh, my gosh. And then we worked our way back. And it's crazy. I mean, to have that's a, a lot of weight in that boat. Yeah, it is. In fact, the fish was so big. Unfortunately, we got back before we could get it processed in San Diego. They had already closed the processing. Oh, thing. that sucks. So I dragged it home. And by the time I got home, it was like 3 in the morning. I was tired, but I had to fillet the fish. And I was by myself at that time, and I couldn't lift the fish off the boat. So I had to fillet the fish on the deck of my boat, and it made such a mess. Like, I cleaned it up the best I could, but all that blood and little pieces of meat oh. ended up inside the little uh, sides of the storage hatches. And I had maggots and stuff showing, <laughs> and I had to bleach it out. It was so gnarly. Oh. Serious. But I'll, I'll tell you, that, that bluefin, because um, spearfishing guys, when we get our fish, typically you gut and ice them right away. So the, the quality of meat is phenomenal. And I gave that, that bluefin to like some old school Japanese guys. And they said it was the best bluefin they've ever had because it wow. was just taking care of, you know, that kind of quality. Definitely. Man, that's a crazy story, dude. Yeah, I'm sure you got many. It was pretty wild. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of, a lot of different yeah, adventures. Dude, yeah, a, lot sure. of, a lot of learning experiences and stuff. My favorite is I want to know the shark encounters. That's what scares the shit out of me. Chris has a great one. I'm like, dude, that's what keeps me away. That and seals. I wouldn't do it because of those two things. That's what scares the shit out of me. You don't have to worry about the seals too much. They come after our fish. Mm -hmm. um, they can bite you. The, the biggest scare that you will have is if you're, you have a um, stringer on your belt, and if you have a fish on there and you're swimming back to the boat and the seal grabs that, it could pull you down and drown you. And I know I know guys who haven't drowned but have had that scare where it pulled you them down. You carry a knife feet. on you just in case. You do, but yeah. it happens so fast yeah. that you're not probably not going to have time to draw on it like that. <sighs> Um, but sharks, there's, and I, I say this when I'm at the aquarium, there's a ton of different kinds of sharks. There's like, I want to say somewhere around 375, 380 species. And most of them are harmless. Like 1% might be kind of the ones that might hurt you down mm -hmm. here in SoCal though, since, uh, the gillnet band kind of moved the gillnets all offshore. Uh, there's a lot of white sharks that are showing up and these are mainly baby ones that are working their way up from, uh, down in San Diego or down, down pass in the Mexico area. And they're starting to grow, and they're getting big, <laughs> and we're seeing all them all the time. The small ones are no big deal. You see a five or six footer; those guys are feeding on uh, stingrays and small fish. But last year, I was diving at Catalina on my buddy's boat, and <clears throat> um, we were actually at Ship Rock. And I was I Ship Rock has a crazy anchorage. It's like if you anchor and you anchor incorrectly there's a chance your boat could float away while you're not on it when yeah. you're fishing you don't care but when you're diving you care you want your boat to be there in fact woody will tell you a story later where him and john hughes were on a boat and it kind of floated away no way yeah that was not, hughes told me that story what is it boat what is it what oh shit oh man uh, but this particular time i had uh we set the anchor 
I uh, was kicking out to the pinnacle and then I'm always like real cautious. So I'm checking the boat to make sure it's there. So I turn back, I look at the boat and I see a big fin sticking out. And I thought immediately, I thought, ah, oh, it's a mola mola. It's ocean sunfish. Cause I've seen him there before. And then in the back of my mind was like, did I see a tail behind that other fin? And I did another double take and sure, sure enough, man, you see the big dorsal and a big uh, caudal, the tail fin sticking out of the water. And right away, my heart sank. Cause I was like, oh. only a white shark could be that big there. So when I turned to look at it, the shark was following me. And when it saw me look, it, it ducked, it went down. So it went down, it breezed by me maybe 10 feet away. And I was really scared at that time. I mean, that's the first big white shark I've ever had an encounter with. How big do you think it was? It was about 14 feet. <laughs> the guy, the guy who, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you in the wetsuit. I got a wetsuit with a stand for sale. If you guys are interested in it. <laughs> um, the guy, Carl, that does the, uh, uh, spotter planes. He took a picture of what I believe to be the same shark earlier, I think a day before or something like that. And he, and he said it was 14 foot. And I didn't even know that at the time when I saw it, my buddy asked me, I said that that shark was easily 14 foot. So it breezed by us, um, went and took off basically. So we swam to the boat. There were other divers that were coming in the area. And I told him, Hey man, get out of the water. There's, there's a big white shark here. So we stood on the deck and we we're trying to decide what to do. And there was a good current blowing by that day. And, you know uh, the yellow tail are on there. Yeah, that's all yeah. Because I knew there was going to be a big yellow tail there. And I was like, oh, wow. Death and nice yellow tail. Let me lay this out. Death and nice yellow tail. We're, we're sitting on the deck of the boat and we're looking. And a sea lion comes by. And the sea lion doesn't care. It's just frolicking. It's not scared like they usually are when there's big sharks around. So we waited like 45 minutes. The sea lion's playing around. I'm like... Yeah, that shark took off. It just came in and then left and went open open ocean again. So we went back out. I kicked out and I, I went to a spot that I like and dove down. I did about three drops. And on the third drop, I was down. And all what's, the, what's a drop? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. A drop's when you just, you're just uh, you um, taking a breath and kicking down, basically. Okay. So I'm kicking down like 30, 40 feet. And as I go down, I'm sitting there and all the bait spooks. So usually when that happens, it, sometimes a school of fish is coming <laughs> through. Yeah. Sometimes it's a sea lion. In this case, since we had just seen the shark, I'm like, oh, God, I hope it's not the shark. So I swim up to the surface. And, and sure enough, man, that thing came out of nowhere. Like people say, oh, didn't you see it? You know, I always thought, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to see that shark coming after you. But I have no idea. The camouflaging is so good that the counter shading on it is so good that I didn't even see it. I was looking down in the water. And it came right at me. It came right at me, and at the last minute, just turned. Oh my god! So it was. It obviously wasn't trying to kill me. Otherwise, it would have killed me. It was just kind of checking me out, and it yeah. came within, uh, I would say, three or four feet that time. Oh my god! And it just turns. Like I have video of it, and you'll see it. It just comes at me, and you see me jump, and yeah. then it turns kind of sideways, and then it just broadsides me. And it was. It Did was, you post it on on YouTube or something? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, I'm gonna grab that if you don't mind. Yeah, if I I'll, could post it on the sure, Instagram page. Sure, I'll, Dude, uh, I'll send sick. you the link for that. It was it uh-huh. was crazy, and it was. You know, when I saw it that time, I was less scared because it was swimming away from me. And I actually thought, oh, maybe I should try to ride it. And I thought, oh, that might not be a good idea. <laughs> my, my, you, don't know how, you don't know how wild animals are going to react, right? So I was but like, if you could do that, man, uh, you'd be a legend. Uh, I just want to do it just like <laughs> a shark rider. Chris, the yeah, shark rider. I would have been a dumb dead guy with a lot of gear for now, sale. Do you think you could defend yourself with a gun? 
on that on a, on an animal no. that big, I I I always say it's probably like shooting a toothpick into an elephant. Really, you know? if you hit it in the right spot, like you get it through the eye or you brain it and you get lucky, possibly. But otherwise, has anyone I ever brained a shark like on defending themselves? I don't know. I I, I don't think I've ever heard. Of, Woody, have you ever? No. Heard of I heard the guy that got hit out of the water and the gun went off. You heard that story? Yeah. Neptune. I think it was a Neptune. It was a Neptune. Yeah. That was at that was at Guadalupe Island. Yeah. I, I can't remember Dude. his name. But you know what's scary is I heard this is just hearsay, guys, and if I may be wrong, I could be wrong, but I'll say it. But uh, the guy that got he got pushed out of the water and he fired the gun in the shark's mouth. The gun went off in the shark's mouth, flipped him, he landed. The shark swam off, and I guess he was just kind of frozen with fear out there. He popped his weight belt and he was frozen with fear. And everyone's telling him to come in. They're on the boat and they've seen it happen. And one dude swam out there and got him. That one dude that swam out there and got him had, had some big balls, yeah. man. That I wouldn't have like, been you me when you fell you. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> hey, get the boat started. Pull the anchor up. We'll drive over there, right? <laughs> I'd be like, come get me. I'm, oh, I got a cramp, man. I, I can't. Maybe next time, Woody. Oh, man. Dude, that's scary, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I also had one where I think it was last year or two years ago, I had a big Mako come up after me. And that was probably that might have been as scary as the white shark because that time we had shot this was this is hilarious we shot <laughs> we shot three tuna mm-hmm. and we could have shot more but you know three big bluefin for us was fine and we were on uh my buddy's boat matt and we were heading uh back in and i was like hey let's shoot some photos my other buddy joel and nick was on the boat and he goes oh what if a shark comes after us i'm like get out of here i never see sharks in the open water i mean i see them around <laughs> kelp patties and stuff like that i told matt if a shark comes just ditch the fish so, okay, so we go down and I drop down and I have my camera and I'm shooting photos of him. And then it's like a cartoon. His eyes just get real big. And then he goes, Wah! and he throws the fish kind of at me. And right when he did that, I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be a shark. Hey, this is before the big shark? This, yeah, this was, this was a Mako shark. Before? Oh, this was before the white shark. Okay, yeah, I'm like, don't tell a, me you're like, oh, been here, done that. <laughs> no, it, was, it was about a year or two years before oh, that. My God. And then... I turned around and I didn't see anything at first. And then, I mean, sure enough, that shark came at me and then it just would come out of nowhere. It was just so fast. Like Mako's, you hear about them being fast. I never imagined a shark could be that fast. It would come at me one way. I would kick at it and then it would take off. And then I'd just keep kicking back to the boat. And then there'd be another one. It'd come another direction, just and totally opposite. Like a different fish almost. It was crazy. Yeah. It was almost like there was a school of them or something oh coming gosh. after me. But it was just one big Mako. And he kept coming after me. And I kept kicking at him. Matt had seen it, swam to the boat and said, oh, Oak's out there and there's a shark. So they were trying to get the boat started to get um, yeah. where I was. So I, I swam. He said that I, I could have beat the Olympic swimmers. <laughs> I swam it so fast. Dude, back I bet. To man. the boat. So I jumped on the boat. And then, and then sure enough, that Mako just came around the boat several times. And it was, I always say, like people say, how big was it? I, was, I always say it was at least seven. But my friend said that they think it was closer to 10. It was big and goofy. <sighs> I'll try to send you pictures of that one too. It was that was gnarly. Documenting yeah, it, it actually, close encounters. It over actually here. bit his tuna too, and we oh. were lucky because we had left the float line connected on to the tuna, and we actually had a buoy on there just in case we dropped it when we were taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And it took that thing down like jaws. You just see the buoy just go down and it kind of disappear and then come back up. And then once we got the float line, we pulled it up as fast as we could, and we lucked out. It had only bit the tuna once. <laughs> And didn't take a chunk out. You could just see the teeth marks. But those are the only two shark experience I've had that were negative, or not really negative, but scary out of, you know, all the years I've been diving. Yeah, I mean, 
that's not really that bad no. at all. <laughs> no, it was it was scary, but there's other sharks that we see when we're diving. Like uh, we'll see uh, seven gill sharks down in Palos Verdes or yeah. down in Orange County when we're hunting sea bass. And some of those they have gnarly teeth too, like tiger sharks. But they usually just bite your fish. I've never oh, had. I never, never had, had them try to go after you. No, and, and, and even then, if they're on your fish, if you get there soon enough, you could punch them in the head or <laughs> try to kick them away. And they'll they're kind of a little bit slower. Yeah, and they we just got move on. real life Aquaman over here. And shit. <laughs> That's that's crazy, man. These are some crazy, gnarly stories, dude. Let's talk about uh, all your PBs. You can talk about like you you go after sheephead, your bugs. Uh, for bugs, like Woody, Woody would best me by far. I don't I don't get a lot of big <laughs> bugs. Most of my bug spots that I dive are kind of heavily dove areas. Mm-hmm. So the biggest I've ever pulled was maybe six or seven pounds. Wow! And that was just from a open reef area. Um, my biggest halibut is about 30 pounds Um, i shot that one local it was it looked huge and that (laughs) one was cool like i've shot a 20 and a 24 both of those were down on the bottom of the reef at like 50 feet of water Uh this one was free swimming so it was we were hunting sea bass and i was hunting along this uh uh a string a bunch of actually the edge of a kelp bed but that day there was a good current running too and i was like oh this looks perfect for sea bass so i was just cruising along and sure enough man this giant halibut come swimming through the kelp so i was like oh and i kind of snuck up like on the side of it and i hid behind a stock because i saw it from far away the water was clear that day and it came by and then i shot it and i thought i thought it was going to go berserk i thought it was going to because big flatties are, are gnarly man yeah. they, they kick that big tail around but it just kind of sat there so i, I semi stoned it so stone shot is when you break the spine or you brain it mm-hmm. um and i stoned it I, I busted the spine on it so it hardly ever twitched great shot then yeah i got really lucky on that one <laughs> yeah because they tear off too yeah they can yeah, yeah. that time I, I i can't remember if i was using a slip tip or not a slip tip is this uh tip that detaches off the end of your spear and it's basically so it doesn't like just tear through the fish we use them for sea bass and things like that they're um, handy they're handy dude. yeah they're real handy yeah yeah maury one of the local guys um legend yeah yeah he has a shop in <laughs> the samurai <Long> <laughs> i brought some guys some guys that like a big fan of Maury's and he thought like Maury was like a giant like like a giant like Japanese samurai and he, we go to a shop and Maury's all this little, little chubby rounded Chinese guy, <laughs> uh, Japanese guy is all hey what's up yeah. <laughs> but like, this is Maury like yeah that's the legend hey what's up <laughs> if you ever see his his stuff that he makes like his slip tips and his slip tips are like jewelry they're polished yeah and he polishes them so, so there's he no makes burrs a lot of the, the stuff you guys oh, use oh yeah he makes he makes a it's lot of them he unreal. makes some great shafts um, there's another shaft maker Dean from Vector Marine he makes some of my other shafts it kind of depends on what I'm doing but Maury's slip tips by far if you ask anybody who makes the best slip tips you're only going to hear one name mm-hmm. and it's Maury his, his yeah. slip tips are just yeah hands down there's like a prince from the Middle East and he flies in to buy Maury slip tips so <laughs> is diving I mean do you have like a different like you know how with the East Coast angling is different than West Coast different than NorCal is that same thing with diving spearfishing it's like you guys do it different than someone would do it in Northern California or someone you know in Florida I, I think just based on the kind of fish that they're shooting because they're all different kinds of fish yeah. so it's a lot of different I know the guys in Florida a lot of them use uh, what we call rail guns or pipe guns they're mm-hmm. They're made out of kind of like a graphite uh, tube or a, uh, I'm sorry, a carbon fiber tube or a carbon or a uh, aluminum tube. Uh-huh. And uh, they usually use flopper shafts and stuff like that. But for sea bass, for us, sea bass, their skin, their, 
um, flesh is so soft, they'll tear out really easy. And that's why pretty much everybody I know uses uses a slip tip of some sort. Yeah. Either a rye mm. or one of Maury's. Or- Just tripping with California guys. We use big guns. Yeah. We, and, like, my buddy Jerry, you know, he's one of the owners of Neptonics, and he's, like, a really good diver. He's, like, 150 feet guy. And he's just like a 110. You know what I mean? He's like, why do you guys use these big guns? He doesn't really get it what we do. You know what I mean? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I don't know. He's like, I just use a 110. They just use smaller guns. Trippy. It's just... And you don't have to use a bigger gun? Like... Just to kind of explain, because like I have no clue. So it's like so so like for tuna, because the fish is so massive, and mm-hmm. because the shots are typically longer, you're going to have to use a bigger gun. I, I shouldn't say have to, but in order to get more of a success percentage, you're going to want a bigger gun. Bigger right? gun equals a more powerful, accurate shot. More powerful and further carrying. Okay, further carrying. And the shaft will typically be heavier too. Okay. Um, for the stuff that we dive, I think a lot of it the fish in California are so heavily pressured. It's just yeah. like when you fish in Baja, it's wide open, right? Versus California, yeah. it's a little bit slower. I think because of that, you end up using a lot longer gear than you would normally use um, to shoot them. And the guys up north that are hunting, NorCal guys, they're hunting uh, reef fish and rock fish that are basically under ledges. So they're using really short guns. Yeah. And, and the visibility there is typically worse too. Do you see some crazy stuff in Mexico, like DIY stuff where you're like, oh my God, this guy's crazy. Oh, uh, Woody, yeah. Woody probably hunts more than there than really? I do. Yeah, I've seen like yo pongas with like the fifty gallon drums and the pump coming out. Do you know what I'm saying? The guy with the tiller motor and, what and are they, he's holding are on they to the drum. Using a, a spear themselves. Like what no, they, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm talking about all the pongeros. Oh. Huh? Some of that stuff. You're like, man, that looks like a fire right there. Homie's got a Julia fifty five gallon drum and he's going like 150 miles out oh with a two stroke motor and he's standing there. Yeah. That's wild, and you guys dude. see the picture floating around? Did you see that one of the pongero? That he was a commercial guy. The dude who got bit? Yeah. yeah. What happened? He got bitten. His whole body. He's dead. He, he was a commercial diver of some type. Yeah. That that was, he was a, I think he was a commercial guy, but I, I don't know if he was diving on a regular boat or something like as for fun, but they said that was his, his uh, work was commercial diving. And he, he got jumped bit by a shark, huh? A tiger, I think. I think oh, they, they, they thought he jumped on a tiger, but the, the photos are just gnarly. <laughs> Tore him up, poor guy. Yeah, dude, I bet I bet you get to hear a lot of stories too. Working at the uh, Cabrillo Marina, right? You mean about just like, about different stuff like that happens locally with the fishery? Uh, you mean or is it kind trends of like, kind of stuff, or? or even like hearing about people encountering different fish too? Like, you yeah, know? we're really lucky that a lot of times, like I don't know if you guys have ever seen them, but there's a seahorse called uh, they call him the giant Pacific seahorse. They're the biggest seahorse species in the world. Mm-hmm. And typically you find them in uh, warm waters in the Gulf of Mexico and places like that. There's a colony that lives in San Diego, but then 
a couple years ago when that water got real warm around Pedro, they were showing up on the lobster fishing traps. Wow. And we were really lucky because there's one commercial guy that really loves our aquarium. He brings us all different kinds of weird fish. Like oh, he'll asking. bring them to the aquarium wow. and give them to you guys? To yeah, or he'll oh, call us. Cool. And since we have the permits for him, we'll go and meet him on the boat. And he, he got us, he probably got us six or eight seahorses. No way. And, were uh, they alive? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're just sitting on the ends of his trap. So he'll just you know bring them up and then put them in a bucket and give us a call and we'll run our boat out there. And, and how big are they? Chris, the biggest they get is probably if you stretched out the tail, I think they say like 10 inches from the top of their head. Oh, wow. down. Okay. Big, but, yeah. but when you look at them, the tail's always curled up. So I would say typically like six inches or so. Okay. Damn. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, and then, uh, you ever, you, I don't know if you know any of the like, uh, rod and reel guys, but there's a guy, uh, he paints, um, jerk baits. His name's like fish head. Oh, okay. He does the stuff in San Diego, I think with, uh, with the white sea bass. I'm not sure his name. You mean with the hatchery? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Okay, yeah, he does something down there. He's supposed to come on the show next month. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm, like I said, we're, I want to find a DFG guy. That'd be a cool guy to get on. Man, I used to know a couple of the guys that were divers from, um, or free divers from DFG, but they all retired, so. Yeah, because I, I'm sure they got stories like <laughs> no other. Dude. Yeah, they, that would be a, an interesting <laughs> They have a lot of power. Too. Yeah, dude. They have a lot of power. They yeah, have a lot of and power. I have a, uh, another guy I reached out to who said towboat guy oh okay oh, yeah you know, yeah like that's what this guys i'm sure they see a lot of stuff oh, too yeah, man crazy they, yeah i know i've called them multiple times you know like so hey chris let me ask you this what 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 made you start spearing forum oh okay so there's a online forum that we run called it's spearingforum.com and it's myself and my partner um, dan win and another guy who was basically the fundraiser so that was like when I first started diving, I told you, I, I would go to forums. I'd go anywhere I could to read up on information. And there was a forum that was there, and it was great when we started. It was friendly and everything else. But over time, it changed a lot. They had a lot of trolls on <laughs> like there. Like any, anything else, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was terrible. And these guys would be fighting. But the problem was, I spoke to the owner, and I'm like, hey, you're making the spearing fishing the spearfishing community look bad. Because these guys are talking about, hey, I shot this fish. I don't know what it is. And, and you know, that's wrong. Or, you know they'd be fighting amongst themselves and it was just terrible. And, he, and for him, he gets paid by the number of hits, the number of uh, people who watch, watch, you know, the different yeah, threads and stuff. Has, yeah. Right. So for him, it's good. If there's, <laughs> if there's drama, everybody wants to see the drama. So yeah. they're all logging on there and it was just terrible. So, and the um, drama used to get thick on yeah, there. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was I've literally put my phone down and be like, I'm going to kick that guy's ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the not thing that I was, is, but you know what I mean? The like, same yeah. thing with the like, fishing network had one for old time. This was like when I started game fishing. Yeah. And I, I understand they did the same thing on fishing network. Someone run their mouth. Yeah. And even on Instagram now, it's the same shit. Yeah. You know, someone goes something, it. someone goes, you know what that is? Or did you, it looks like you bring that home or it looks like. You know, it's yeah. horrible, but it sounds like you're doing something really positive. Yeah. So I left that forum. I started my own real small forum, and it was a crack up. This was like a we, <laughs> the we, secret the, one. Yeah. yeah. Was, everybody <laughs> called it the secret forum. It was. It was the way I rigged it. Is I had the computer. Um, it would only allow a hundred people. That's that's all I would accept at a time or members. just period. Just so, members. but okay. here's the catch: if you didn't post a report or you know a thread or something within 30 days, it automatically would kick you off. 
So by that way, every member was pretty active. They were posting reports and pictures and everything else. And otherwise, you'd get kicked off. So guys were just complaining. Hey, you got me kicked off. I'm like, hey, you knew the rule, man. You were supposed to post up. Hey, which is a great rule. That's perfect. Yeah. If you're not going to be involved in something, then don't get that. Or not stalking, yeah. looking, yeah. you know, reading, you know. <laughs> Lurking. But, but Lurking. The, yeah. the well, bass guys, man, you got to understand, oh, yeah. bass guys. These guys, man, I'm dude. I'm talking like these guys are sea bass guys, and like I'm, I, I try sea bass time. I do it. I'm friends. I watch what goes down. Man, you talking? You don't never post a picture when you shoot a fish the first day. No, no, <laughs> don't do that, bro. They they don't post them for weeks. They'll have a fish, dude. They'll have a fish in their boat, and you drive up and like, can you see any fish? They're like, no, I didn't see nothing, bro. That's, you know what I mean? Like a lot of those, they're vicious to each other. But it's, but it's, it's all in good honor. A lot of hard work you're putting in to do that yeah. right? it is I and, mean, and if the yeah. area gets flooded like i told you sea bass are so sensitive to pressure and noise they spook out they won't yeah. be there anymore yeah. so it's just they yeah these guys are top secret man. understandable though yeah. completely understandable yeah you know, like but it, that that first forum blew up like i only there, there's like 30 guys that i talk to normally and we were on there and then their friends would hear about it and they would want to be on so that hundred would reach right away and then all these other guys that i that i know that are friends with oh let me on i'm like nope and they were all they were all butthole, butthole and everything so eventually me and dan were talking about it and i told him i said dude my dream is to have a big forum where uh people could come and learn things and Dam is a programmer. He goes, let's do it. So we partnered up. We got the funding and we started spearing forum. And on that forum, we uh, got a bunch of moderators that the rule was, if there's any drama, shut it down right away. Now, yeah. if it's a manufacturer thing and somebody says this gear, it broke, blah, blah, blah. We give the manufacturers, you know, time to, to respond, answer, yeah, yeah, to respond and answer the, the complaint. But other than that, you know, you, you can't come in and call people. Start shooting you know, on yeah, people, yeah. That, as soon as that happens, boom, the mods come and shut it down. So it's a real civilized community. And it's a place where if you have a question, you could ask a question and it's fine. That's super cool. But if man. we know you're a troll, that's it. And, and then <laughs> yeah, if, I, yeah. if I can figure out you're a troll, like all, I'm real good at, at seeing trends. And if I see your questions are all, you're trying to stir stuff up. I'll ban your IP. So you're going to have to go log Dude, in some other place. even cooler. Like you get to see a lot of bullcrap i'm sure like it's crazy how much you're involved well like now, not only working at cabrillo like spearfishing being a top dude in socal and you run a forum it's like yeah he does chris is being modest for all i'll tell you this man chris is a good yeah. I, I i love man, i got a lot of love for chris and chris is, chris has done so much for my dive company uh-huh. so much he's a behind the scenes guy he never asked for nothing he's a i just want to say a public thank you oak and you done a lot. Yeah, thanks for, for coming. Yeah, 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 dude, I really appreciate. I'm it. not. I'm not a big deal. I'm just yeah. a guy who likes to shoot. Yeah, fish he'll totally I'm... help you out. But his forum, dude, is rad because, like, let's say if you want to find out, there's some watermen on there. We're not just talking spear fishermen. There is legit boat builders. Okay. Todd Farquhar with his skipjack oh, yeah, build. Man. You want to know about how to build a skipjack? Go on that. You want to. You want to find out some. Anything for sale? Going, I'm on there all the time. <laughs> Scoping up, oh, no, not for sale. Go back out, you know, because you find great deals, and it's just that kind of deal, and it's always safe. A guy like you could go on and yeah. go, "Hey, my son wants to spearfish. What should I do?" Sure. You know, and these guys, are, these aren't these are all great spearfishermen and they're men <clears throat> compared to the other form. I won't mention. You get, you know, <laughs> it would just be sponsor pumping. Yeah. You know, it'd be sponsor pumping, you know, which is a different animal. You what, know which I mean? is, I kind of... The guy's pumping I, I think what you're doing is what I'm. we're trying to do, the podcast, where I'm not trying to push anybody sponsor. If someone's sponsored by something, of course, I'm going to go, you get paid, you have a company, you do this, pump it. 
But other than that, I'm like, I use, I'll use anything when I fish. I don't, if it works cool, if it doesn't, it does, you know, or, you know, whatever it might be. And I feel like that's something really positive you're doing too. That's yeah. We, we do have sponsors that come through, but they're all, I mean, they're all guys that are really good guys. I mean, they, yeah. they, they seek us out because they know our forum. We're not going to get yeah. like these gigantic you know numbers, but <laughs> our numbers are true. They're yeah. guys that are coming in and looking for help or guys that are sharing stories. Do you just do SoCal or do you do? No, we com- do pretty much worldwide, but our biggest presence is definitely California. I mean, California has a huge uh, spearfishing. Like, it's growing. It's just growing. It's, it's getting crazy. You're seeing gear popping up all over the place. Now. Yeah. It's kind of neat to watch. And I remember I started, Chris, and I haven't been doing it as long as you. And I remember I started, you could go, you're in PV or you're in one of the areas, and you've seen a boat, you'd most likely know him or know of him. Yeah. And now wow. it's like you don't even know who they are. No, there's a lot of lot of new boats that are popping up and nice a lot of new too. guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why when, when Woody was talking about, you know, things being secret, it, it is true. Like if I shoot a, a sea bass or something, only my, my close knit circle of friends are gonna know about it. And then I'll just hold on to those pictures. Like some of the pictures I haven't even published yet that I shot last year, and I'm just starting to drop them this year, dude. Before the season starts, so I don't want you know I don't want them to know when when's the best time to go and just flood these spots. There's not a lot of spots, and right now because of uh, the loss of kelp, like Catalina. I don't know if you fish Catalina a lot, but I Catalina used times, to be yeah. loaded with kelp all the way across, and most of it has died and's been. Uh, replaced by sarg- sargassum seaweed, and it's just not the same. The sea bass aren't living in the sargassum. Yeah. Um, so PV is the same way. It's getting nailed by, you know, the storm. So there's less kelp. So there's less areas for us to hunt. So sea bass guys are real, real secretive about that. Do you, uh, now I asked all the guests a question. This is an easy one across the board is that how do you think social media has affect spear fishing and diving? Do you think it's a, is it positive? It's a necessary evil. Is it, you know, a good thing is it ne- you know, negative. It's like, what, what do you think the, it, it's of how it's affecting spearfishing in general. I, I would say just this is my own personal opinion. It definitely blow, blew up spearfishing. <clears throat> it made it it made it where everybody thought, oh, you know, I could do that. And, and it's true. You can do that. But I think the guys that come in and bail out are probably super high when they see it on social media because they're just not dedicated to the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I started, I, I'm like, you know, Woody and everybody else, when we got into it, we got into it hard. I remember my first... When I really got the bug. <laughs> yeah. I dove 13 days straight. Just every Dude. single day I could get out, I was out there and I was looking for sea bass or kelp bass or whatever. And I bought a ton of gear and I'm, you know, I'm still in it. I, I plan on doing this as long as I can, as long as I could, you know, handle kicking down and getting my fish, I'll be doing it. Yeah. But other guys, they get into it just for the glory or whatever. And they find out it's not that easy. I mean, when we go out, we're not shooting fish every trip. I don't even think we're shooting fish every five trips, maybe, especially for sea bass. Mm-hmm. It's more like we're just enjoy that time in the water. You get to see all different kinds of other fish, but you're, you're what I always say for spearfishing, it's a selective target. We have zero bycatch. So we're not, you know, dragging a net through the ocean and killing all these different things. We're just specifying, specifically looking for one type of fish when we're hunting. And you're yeah. only usually bringing one big fish home for sea bass. So limits yeah. one anyway, most of the year when we see him and if you get a 60 pound fish that fish is going to last you for a while yeah definitely you, you keep most you eat a lot of fish then huh? i do and on, on our forum too we actually have a big recipe section and oh, i yeah. i love to cook dude i i uh, <laughs> tweak all kinds of recipes i made um i make a lobster pesto pasta for my kid and i make that whole thing from scratch including the pesto oh, but wow. i cheat because pine nuts are so expensive and they're hard to get i use cashews and i grind them up and mix it with the uh um, olive oil and the garlic and everything else. 
But uh, I do love eating fish. I love sashimi. I just got back from Hawaii and I ate poke like every single day. I love <laughs> poke. Um, I love grilled fish. I love pretty much everything. In fact, I eat fish so much, I actually had to kind of scale it back because I went to go see my doctor for my physical. It's a funny story. And I told my doctor, he was running blood. And I said, hey, can you check it for mercury? Oh, man. And he goes, no, no. He goes, ah, you don't need to check mercury. Why? Do you think yours is high? And I said, yeah, mine might be high because I ate a lot of pelagic fish. And he goes, okay, I'll run it. So he ran the blood. And then he, he called me like two days later whenever the blood test came through. He goes, hey, your mercury is a little bit high. You need to cut back. <laughs> so he made me cut back for like three months where I wasn't allowed no to eat way. fish at all. But the problem is that stuff stays in your system. You have to chelate it out. Really? So you have to use different kinds of other things. Like they say cilantro kind of helps doing that. You started eating a lot of cilantro. Oh, yeah. A lot of cilantro tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Chris wants to get back to eating fish. Yeah. <laughs> this dude th- makes these crazy looking meals. I mean, Chris should be a writer, a food writer almost. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, dude, it's funny. It's the funniest thing ever. He loves fish fillets from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. And I'll be like, he'll be like, I mean, he'll do these great looking meals. And I love fish fillets. And I'm always like, yeah, Chris, hold it down for the fish fillet. Yeah, it's a crack. That's more of a joke kind of thing. Yeah. So, so I, I cook a lot of different meals. And then um, when they have that filet of fish Friday that comes along during Lent. And every time that happens, every Friday I'll go and I'll get two and I'll post it like with a spear through it. And say, oh, I spear two filet of fish. My friends give me a lot of flack. What are you eating all that crap for? You know, blah blah blah. I'm like, dude, filet fishes are yummy. <laughs> they I don't, are, I don't know what kind of weird fish is in there. It's a mixture of some kind of ground fish, maybe, but I like them. They're yummy. My son, my my baby, he doesn't eat any meat. My wife's a vegetarian, so he eats. I'm sorry. <laughs> she still cooks. She still cook everything for us. So all the meat and the fish. I she had a, she had a piece of sheephead. I kind of we had a sheephead sheephead, and she had a piece, and she liked it. Oh, but good. She just won't eat it. She's never ate fish. So. But my son, I'm like, I want him to eat least fish, you know. So on Fridays we go eat sushi, and I'll give him like whatever lobster roll, give him some of that. But he loves fillet fish. He'll eat the whole freaking thing. Yeah, it's good. Man. Yeah, I love yeah. them. Yeah, me I too. Love <laughs> I love all them. my kids love fillet. They all love yeah. eating fish too. So it's my kids get. He's already addicted. He eats sashimi. He oh, eats, wow. I mean, he eats poke. Like he'll ask me. He'll say, "Hey, Dad, can you get me some? You know, can we have poke?" I'm like, "Dude, there's." There's no fish right now for that. I have to go for something. Hopefully, I get lucky and shoot a yellowtail. But yeah, yeah, he'll actually ask for it. It's a crack up because my wife doesn't eat. She eats fish, but she doesn't eat anything raw. Oh, and, really? And my kid loves it. Damn. In fact, I, I got a. I felt bad because octopus poke is one of my favorites in Hawaii. But I don't like killing them here because I take care of them at the aquarium and they're just cool. They're so smart and stuff. But <laughs> I saw a bigger one maybe three weeks ago and I was like, oh man, I got to try it. So I brained it. Brained it with, with Woody's bug gauge, actually. These <laughs> things have a nice, good point to him. Brained it, cleaned it, brought it home. I had to read up on how to how to prepare it because otherwise it gets too rubbery. Yeah. So I blanched it. I did everything that the chef said online. And then I ended up, uh, um, I was making poke out of it. So I cut it up into little pieces and oh, it was delicious. It tasted like abalone almost. But while I was cutting it, my son came and he goes, what is that? Is that octopus? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, let me try some. So he ate it. And he goes, oh, that's good. So he kept eating it. So, you know, I didn't want him to eat it all. So I, <laughs> on purpose, I made a spicy poke out of it. So I would have to keep some of it myself. Otherwise, he would have eaten the whole thing. Man. He loves. I that bet. kid loves. That's your mini seafood. me too, man. Yeah. He does. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping he takes up diving, but, but we'll see. How old is he right now? He's five. He'll be six in March. Oh, that's cool, man. Do you take him to the aquarium a lot with you? Yeah, that is his favorite. You know, that kid, I always tell people, like Woody just said, he's your mini me. And that that's by far is the truth. He uh, 
he loves everything that I did when I was a kid. And his first thing, like, like anytime we have a weekend that we're going to do something, I'll be like, Hey Hawk, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to go to your aquarium. I'm like, dude, we were just there last week. <laughs> no, I want to go. And I live far. I live like 45 miles from it. So oh, that's damn. a 90 mile hike there and back. Yeah. So we'll drive down and he'll look at the fish and we'll go to the tide pools. He'll look at rocks. And if it's a low tide, we'll try to catch like octopus or something for him to see. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool to watch. That's always fun, man. Definitely. Yeah. Now, do you have any good uh, rookie mistakes? It could be with the boat. It could be uh, spearfishing, you know, like something. Ah, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been, see, the other thing that, that Woody will probably tell you, Woody is a member of the Long Beach Neptunes. Do you remember also? I am not. Okay. I'm not a, mem- the, a member of any club. Um, but the Long Beach Neptunes has been around a long time. So when you're a member of, of a lot of the really intense clubs, you have to have a sponsor mm-hmm. and the sponsor tells you the do's and don'ts of spearfishing. They okay. kind of, they kind of teach you the the ropes. Fathomers does the same thing. There's a bunch of clubs that Super do the cool, same thing. Super cool, man. Things. That's awesome. They do, but I didn't have a, I didn't have anybody <laughs> like that. And I was, I'm so busy that I just don't really have time to dedicate, dedicate to go to club meetings and do all the club stuff. So I had to learn kind of the wrong way. Like I was doing, okay. I heard what do you say this last time on your podcast where he was talking about spear fishermen or free divers are cheap because they want things free. Yeah. It's true. And the learning curve is steep. Like the first couple of float lines I built myself. Um, and one of them, I tell you right now, I built a, a hundred foot float line for fighting yellowtail ran, uh, some old, uh, spear fishing reel line, which is made out of uh, spectra dyneema yeah. through it. So it would be nice and strong. And then, uh, I was, I shot a big yellowtail at San Clemente Island. I was fighting it and all of a sudden it went slack and I was like, Oh, what happened? Well, the float line actually broke at the knot where the Dyneema was. Uh, So I lost everything. So that was a costly lesson. Well, I saved, (laughs) you know, 60 bucks by building the float line myself. I started to buy the parts, which is probably about 30 bucks. On top of that, I lost, you know, I lost my shaft. I lost my slip tip. And your fish. Yeah, and yeah, the fish. So that was a costly yeah. lesson. And so right after that, that's when uh, I hit up Matt from Red Triangle. I'm like, hey, dude, build me a float line. I told him what I kind of wanted. And Matt's a solid dude. He's a great guy. So it's yeah, cool Matt's you guys solid. can go and almost like get your gear built to the way you want it most of the time. You can. Yeah. If you can buy stuff right off the shelf. Like, you know, walk into Spear America or Neptonics or wherever, and they're going to have what you need right on the shelf. But I'm real picky on, on the way that I fight things. And, and I like what we call a hybrid um, float line that stretches. That has a lot of stretch when I'm fighting sea bass because they're so soft. I want it to be like a fishing rod where it's up and down. You know, you're giving yeah. take. And that way I, t- I tend to tear off less fish that way. Yeah, it makes sense. That's awesome, dude. This is That's really interesting yeah. stuff, yeah. man. Well, we really appreciate it. It's almost been an hour. We've been talking. Can you believe that? Uh, it yeah. goes by, by so quick. By quick. Dude, it does. We appreciate you coming in, man. Hey, anytime. And we want to keep doing uh, stuff like this with Woody, trying to do once a month or once every other month to people can open their eyes to different types of fishing. And Maybe they're they're done fishing, you know, with a rod and reel and they want to move to spear. Somewhere to look at, you know, you guys, uh, where can they find you and the form and um, the like easiest that? way is to probably, um, online. We do have an Instagram account and it's at uh spearing forum for the Instagram. We also have spearingforum.com, which is our website. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you know, you ever have any questions, you'll find me on there. You'll see Chris Oak or you'll see Dam or you even see Woody and a bunch of great guys. Great. And great. Uh, as far as getting other guys to talk on your show about, uh, spearfishing, Woody will be a solid uh, source he'll be yeah. able to source out a lot yeah, of a lot of those helpful man yeah. thanks woody a lot oh, of those, anytime the, the nepti- those a good thing neptunes. you know one thing i want to say before i let chris go is that <clears throat> a lot of times we all know this 
you know, on, on the Patty thing with the battle with uh, Hook and Line and us. Hook and Line. And I hear Chris. And one of the things I like about Chris is I see him trying to mend Bring guys together. Hey, that's not exactly true. You know, you got the young sparrows who are all gun ho. Oh, f them, and then then you got the fishermen. Oh, f you. You know. So see, I don't I don't hear any of this because I'm still I'm fishing calico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking patties. Patty you know, some bad things have happened on the patties. Some guy really? got hurt. Oh really? Yeah. Some guy. Oh, yeah. Got, yeah. Some guy got his jaw broke with a wrench or something. Oh wow, that's horrible. So dude. it was super gnarly. There's and it was funny, man, because like uh, me and my buddy were out. We're out about a hundred miles out in my boat and uh, past. So passing, you know, you know, between like not 100 miles, I'm sorry, we went 100 miles round trip, but we were out a little past uh, Catalina, past Farnsworth, so 40 something miles out or whatever it was. And uh, there was a great patty there and there's this boat and uh, we came up on it. And the guy's like, don't fucking jump in this patty. It was a big, you know, cattle boat. And I'm like, nah, bro, we're not. I go, but if they have lockjaw, you know, we'll wait. And the guy goes, did you try, is that your main vessel? I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, let's go. That guy can have it. You're crazy, bro. We, we, got in, we both shot, me and my buddy shot nice yellow off that but off that patty. And the guy was just like, they were there. Yeah. yeah it was cool. And I remember that, you know, and it's just Yeah, like, that's that's shitty that and it, it comes to I mean, I've been there. I've I've argued with dudes even, you know, when uh I've on my boat, <laughs> other boaters, you know, like it's, it's gets yeah. heated sometimes or on the shore even. And it's, I guess you just kind of, hopefully this could help, it, it, you know, hopefully something like this where we could talk about it and other people can say, Hey, you know, maybe there's a, a way, like I bring boaters on and I go, Hey, what do you guys think's a good jump? Like when we're going down the shore, do you think of hundred feet, 200, you know, what do you think's a good jump to keep going around? So yeah, it might be something good. There, to there's talk definitely about. a lot of etiquette about about that. I mean, I understand the the sport fishing guys, especially that's how they're making their living. Yeah. But at the same time, I've I've many times I've been working a reef and I've had a sport fishing boat drop the hook within well within casting range, and I don't think that's cool. I regardless if they do that, I still won't punk them. And like one of my friends will drive around their boat and hold up his big fish. You're never going to get a fish like this. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, I, I won't do that. I'll just, you know, to me, it's like, I know, you know, 15 spots that are nearby. I'll just pull my hook and go yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. But when Woody was telling about the patty incident, um, that my, I actually know the guy who got hit. It's one of my buddies, Mike. He threw a wrench at him? Uh, they threw a hammer at him. Oh my gosh, the guy threw a hammer dude. at him and hit him in the face. That's horrible. Oh, it was terrible. Is he okay now? He's okay now. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but usually the etiquette is if we pull up to a patty, if somebody's there fishing it, well, you get on the radio and hail them on 16 and say, Hey, and you know, go to a different channel and say, Hey, when you guys are done, can we jump in? Yeah. But a lot of new guys that don't have etiquette, like I said, will just come and they think that, well, it's an open ocean, you know, you don't own it. And they just jump in. And to me, it's like, that ain't right. Yeah. Know? And yeah, there's certain protocol that I like to follow, especially if it's my boat, I run it differently than anybody else. If I'm on Woody's boat, you know, he's the captain. He can yeah. do whatever he wants. But if it's my boat, I have certain etiquette that I'll do. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, eventually it'll kind of work its way and out hopefully like that. you you saying something like this and probably putting on the spearing form, you know, like, hey, let's try to do this, you know, if you're going to yeah. pull up on Yeah, we had something. a big discussion about that. Yeah, huge ones. And it's really good to see people moderate and come in with, you know, not that so bro, yeah. uh, machisto bullshit. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we all have to, you know, like one time I was at the wall and I was hunting sea bass and. I brought this gun and some kind of roller gun. I wasn't used to it. And I get schooled by a bunch of nice sea, just, you know, decent 20, 30 pound sea bass. And I miss, and I know, and I see this guy hooking line. He's at the wall. He's at the end of the wall. He's a bass guy. 
I see him. He's on. He's on. He's on. It's hey, like you now. Yeah, huh? yeah, but I do too, man. <laughs> but I know he's a bass guy, and I know yeah. he's going to get tripped when I get close. But I can basically see the fish around that area. I'm like, I'm feeling it, and I'm like, hey, man. He's like, stay the fuck away from my boat. Oh my like, god, oh, man. I'm like, all right. So you know, I'm kind of a hothead, bro. And I'm a little bit of a knucklehead. I'm like, all right, hold on. You're going to regret this. And I swam back. I start peeling my wetsuit off, and I'm pulling the anchor. And this guy's looking at me, right? I'm like tattooed. And I'm pretty big, dude. I'm like looking at him. I'm like, and my buddy comes over, and he's a really peaceful guy. Mike, I love him to death. He goes, Woody, what's wrong? I got the fucking guy. Fucking said this. <laughs> fucking said that. I'm going to fucking fight him right now. I'm going to go jump on his fucking boat. And I'm going to whip his fucking. And my like, why, bro? He's like, why? And I'm like, you're right. Why? So I pulled my anchor. I drove over. I go, hey, bro, I apologize if I got too close to your boat. And the guy was like, oh. I go, I apologize, man. I go, we're watermen. We need to respect each other. And I'm sorry. That's great. And now I see this dude and he has and he has a waiter and he's like, hey, crazy guy. What's up, man? Oh, you, like, might, you know what? Now that you're fishing bass, you're going to run into him. And he's going to be a dude that you, yeah. you're a friend of a friend. You're going to be like, yeah, now hey, we're you're cool. this beer fisher dude that almost beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. My friend Mikey brought me down. And that's what friends are, to bring you down and keep you out of trouble. And. And, that, and when I went to, I really looked at the, from that perception of that, like, hey, man, we're all out here. We're all there sharing the water. We're all out there. <clears> and, yeah. and I want to see yeah. bass. But I have the worst sea bass left there is. You go with me, you're going to shoot a fish. <laughs> you go with me, you're going to shoot a fish your first time. It's going to be 70 pounds. And they're going to be all around you. You know, John Hughes says I'm like a two magnets with sea bass. I mean, it's like, hey, there they are. Hey, there's we. The sea bass are over there. And uh, so, yeah, that day ended up being a really shitty day. I gun jammed i'm like oh and the shaft flew out almost shot my buddy the shaft was jammed and i'm like what the hell pull the trigger and it's like boom then it lets go i'm like oh my god and like <laughs> it was a new gun and i'm like i got back to the boat and basically just bent it on my floor and uh yeah but anyways yeah so yeah i'll get back to you chris Sorry. no it's it's a good story good story yeah. yeah and uh, yeah like i said it's we're all out there for the fish yep. yeah and it's like you know, there's no need to fight or, gosh, throw a ha- fucking hammer at something. That's horrible. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. That's, and uh, did that guy go to jail that did that? I don't know. I th- I want to say that I, I'd have was to. Was it ask. a sport boat or a private? No, boat? no, it was a private boater. Gosh, and uh, dude. I, I think the guy was underage or something like that. So I don't know if he did any time. Oh, that's wow. hard because a lot of younger younger cats too. It's it's yeah. I know he got busted. Oceanside PD was waiting for him at the dock when they uh, wow. when they called when they got there because they had called it in. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much like attempted murder. If you had hit him in the head, he could have died. That's yeah. crazy. And it's like if what if we could have knocked him out and he could have gone unconscious and drowned? You yeah. know, like it's. Well, he was on the boat when he got hit. Oh, the guy just kind of pulled the boat right next to him and then just rolled the hammer <laughs> on him. Took off. That's so horrible, dude. Yeah. Well, he was in the water when he got hit. No, no, he was he was on the boat. Oh wow, okay, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of stories like that too. And it's, but let's try to end it on a positive. I mean, thank yeah. God he's okay. He is. Uh, Good still times. diving too. Yeah, that, let's let's try everyone if we're out there. You know, like uh, don't throw hammers. Don't throw hammers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep throwing your lure out there or your fly line and your uh, yeah. sardine. <laughs> But uh, thanks again, Chris, for coming on. Oh, yeah, for Woody me. for co-hosting, man. Appreciate Anytime. it. Woody, Woody Anytime. thank you And uh, check out Mutiny if you need some stuff. Go to yep. Spearing Forum. Uh, what's the name of the forum again, Chris? Yeah, that's it. Spearing, Spearing forum. forum. So check it out if you guys want to get into any of this. And I'm sure you can reach out to either one of these guys, and they're super nice, and they'll probably help you out. Anytime. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks.